UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. I hit my show intro. I love this platform, it works so well. I don't know why that's doing that. Hmm. Uh, it did it twice. <laughs> hi, hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest with me today. Um, so I have someone who's been, actually been on my show. This is the third time she's been on my show, but it's been a while since she's been on my show. So like some of you new subscribers, this is going to be the first time you, you get to meet her. Um, this is uh, Mrs. Erin Montgomery. Um, she's at least a third generation UFO as alien abduction contactee out of four known generations in her family. She began experiencing strange phenomena as early as seven years old. And she's been able to retrieve some of these memories through hypnotic regression in order to relieve some of the trauma that was created by these earlier encounters with alien beings. She continues to have UFO and paranormal experiences throughout her life and currently is not only working as a shaman to help people heal energetically, unhaunt houses, work with spirits and read people's cards, she's also learning how to do hypnotic regressions to help others who suffer as she has. During the day, she works as a marriage and family therapist in a not surprising location of Roswell, New Mexico. In the evening, she can be found working with others on a spiritual level writing new material or working to bring amazing music to the universe with a new online alternative rock radio station, The Crash. Uh, I love the name of that. But, well, first of all, welcome welcome to the show, Aaron. How are you doing? Thank you, Robert. I am very happy to be here. Doing pretty good. I love that the radio station is called The Crash and it's in Roswell. That's that's awesome. Right. Well, it was, it was a, <clears throat> a station that was actually created by my partner, in a few years ago and uh as a terrestrial station but it um kind of flopped and 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 stopped here terrestrially and we picked it up and ran with it with an online or internet presence so it is streaming 24 7 it's it's great i love i love the music well i'm, I'm glad i do since you know uh, we're running it but i can sit and listen to that channel all day long and not get bored with what i'm hearing no, are you able to incorporate? Um, you said you're incorporating some like extraterrestrial stuff into it. Like, how are you doing that? We are. Um, I've got a, a little blurb called 30 Second Encounters, and we're gathering up people's stories, just anonymous little sound bites of little things that they may have experienced, either seen something in the sky, had a you know, saw a UFO, or if you know, perhaps that they have had some sort of ET encounter and just get it into a little sound bite and send to us. And we will be putting, we're still gathering them up right now, but we are planning on dispersing them throughout, you know, the days 
um, and different times so that people can hear these little stories. And my, my personal reason for it is to put disclosure into the hands of the experiencers, those of us who are going through it and letting us tell the world what it is that is going on. I think that's most important because I don't think we should look towards the government for disclosure. Like that, I think we already have disclosure and I think a lot of us have realized that, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So let's start with this. Like um, for the people that might've not heard your stories yet, um, can you tell us like when your experiences started like paranormal or UFO or, or and, and how that all began? Right. Well, you know, my story is not necessarily a linear one. While I know that contact for me started as a child, a small child, like um, at least seven, and I suspect much, much further into the past than that. Um, I didn't find out I was an experiencer until around the age of 19 when I had gone to a lecture about UFOs when I was in college. And, um, you know, I was fine going into the lecture. I have always enjoyed, you know, watching, um, what was that, Unsolved Mysteries and shows like that about, you know, UFOs and ETs and all this stuff. And I thought it was fascinating. But when I went to that lecture and the talk was about proving the existence of ETs and all these redacted documents and things like that. And I was fascinated, but there was also a flip that switched and I went into like terror and all of a sudden I was afraid to be outside in the dark at night. I couldn't look up into the sky. And that night after I got home, actually there was a bright light coming through the window and kind of a pop. And, a, and so I, I know that something happened, but it dawned on me then that I must be one of these people that are having these experiences. And so slowly but surely memories started to come up. I could remember like levitating out of my bed and floating into the hallway. I could remember having experiences with ETs. I could remember, you know, and I was absolutely terrified at that time of, you know, pictures of ETs. And I wasn't even living in Roswell at the time. By the time I got here, it was some sort of weird cosmic joke, I think. I was so mad <laughs> that I was living in Roswell where on the streets are little pictures of aliens everywhere because they, it scared me horribly to see all of these things. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s. Yeah, because it was 2015 when I finally said, okay, fine, I'm ready to actually face these memories that are starting to surface and see what is real and what is not. And maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But I had met Yvonne Smith at the at the um, the UFO festival that happens every year here in July, which commemorates the crash, right? The crash, that's the name of the, um, the station that happened way back in like I said, 1947, but um, I had met Yvonne Smith and I had set up a time to do a regression with her. And so here I am 40 something years old. And I told her that I wanted to go to the basis of the trauma because I was obviously having a very hard time. I was no longer sleeping. I'd spend my nights awake with the light on just you know, just afraid that something was gonna happen. I was starting to miss work because I was so exhausted. I was you know, cranky and irritable with my children, all of these things that I should not have been. There was no reason for it, except that there was something that obviously was bothering me. But in the regression, I went back to the age of seven, where I was met by three beings in my bedroom, one 
really close to the side of the bed. And I'm going to say she because it had a very nurturing type of feel, very feminine sort of feel to her. Not that um, I know what her actual gender was, but she told me not to be afraid that everything's going to be fine. There was a being at the end of my bed who kind of put his hand under my foot and I levitated out of the bed just as the memories I was having um, dictated. I was maneuvered into the hallway and we went through the ceiling, through the roof and out into the sky where I could see that I was in like a beam of light and we were going up towards a ship in the sky that was uh, really quite disc shaped and there was like an aperture in the middle. And we went up into that aperture and I was maneuvered like almost like a conveyor belt. It feels very conveyor belty. I was moved over here and I went down a hallway still in this prone position and um, everything was very clean, very what is it, sterile looking. Like It reminded me of like the inside of a um, milk truck or something like it. Just uh, all the hallways were round. Everything was shiny. Um, I was taken into a room on the left. Why I remember it was on the left, I don't know. But I was taken into this room on the left and there was a chair in there as well as some equipment and things around, but it looked like a dentist chair. They I got a question. Yes. I, do you think do you think it was so sterile because they're doing like DNA manipulation? I just thought of this. Like I, I was thinking maybe it's so sterile because they're they're they it has to be clean because they're doing like um yeah, hybridization dna manipulation stuff like that have you ever thought about that i never really did think about why why does it look so sterile because there are other environments on ship that are not sterile like that as far as i have had recall but that particular place was very sterile and i've been in the same rounded hallways with the same you know al aluminum looking sterile walls and the floor is like a almost like AstroTurf feeling under the feet. So I'm not sure about that. Like it looked black, but it felt like AstroTurf. You know how that feels when you walk on it, the old yeah. 80s type of AstroTurf. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I, I would not be surprised. I would I would expect them to have that type of technology to be, be able to, to isolate all the genes and things like that and to keep any sort of external bacteria, vir viruses, all that stuff contained and, and uh, safe because, I mean, if we're not the only species that are being taken, then they'd have to be very careful with cross-contamination. Very interesting thoughts. Hmm. Yeah. So, so you would, so uh, you were again telling your story. So back to mm -hmm. what you were saying, um, what happened then after that? Like, what do you, what else do you remember? I'm so interested. This is so interesting. Like, um, it, I mean, I can tell your, your stories are very real. Like, like, because like, I always can tell them because like the, the, the real experiencers are always like questioning their experience. I, I think, I think if someone has everything figured out, like, I, I don't think that's a real experience, but I mean, I, I'm not doubting anybody, but I'm just saying like, right. it seems like the real experiencers always have questions about their experiences. Does that make any sense or no? It does. It does. And I think that we will every day question, are we, are we sane? Are we insane? Was I just dreaming? Did that really happen? I don't know. Um, and so that's one of the, the good things I think about hypnosis to, to recall those memories. Um, 
not always is hypnosis recommended for for these things because if you're if you're not having like trauma symptoms do you really need to go and and dive into those things right um because it could open a pandora's box so you know you have to really sit and think about why you need to access these memories but for me i had to because i was not functioning well <laughs> on a daily basis and so once i was in the chair that's that's when things got really scary for me because i was fine up until this point i was just like hey okay whatever you know and i'm seven years old i'm a little kid and i felt completely comfortable with these beings that i was with and i was fine until another type of being entered the room and and another one of those things they can say are like like me questioning myself is I cannot even, even after the hypnotic recall, I still cannot see this creature's face because it terrified me so badly. He was, he was very tall and thin, um, like super long arms and legs. He had on like a jumpsuit type of outfit and his face had like at the, the bottom part of his face, I could see that there were things moving like, possible mandibles or something. I don't know. I, I just say moving face parts because I couldn't. What's, really a, what's see a mandible? A jaw. Like if you think of like an ant that has the pincher jaw or something, there was something moving there, but I cannot like really recall the face. So in my mind, it very well could have been a mantid type of creature. Like, you know, the ones that look like the praying mantis with the triangle heads, but I can't tell you for certain that if that's what it was, but I kind of came unglued my little seven-year-old self when this creature walked in, it scared me so badly. And I remember him telling the others, and of course it's not verbal. This is going to be like um, in a telepathic manner. If you don't calm her down, you're going to have to take her back. And, um, Honestly, can't remember how they calmed me down. I think it was one of those like getting close to my face and saying, you need to settle down. You're fine type of situations, but I don't remember. Um, but after I was calmed down, he approached me with a tool, very long, thin tool, about a foot long or so that had a like a fork on the end of it with only two tines or two mm, things like that and in the center was this pink gelatinous mass i'm going to assume that it was some sort of um, implant and i don't know if it was coated in the biological mass or, or that's all it was was something biological but they inserted it into the roof of my mouth and after that it was kind of just like got a pat on the head was taken out of the chair and shown a window where i could see the earth below and i felt very comfortable with the small beings that I was with and I was returned home. Now, when I came out of hypnosis thinking, okay, that was really wild. Just did this really happen to me? And Yvonne at the time said, Aaron, I've heard that story two other times before the, the dentist chair with the insertion of the implant into the roof of the mouth. And so that really solidified to me, okay, this really is happening. I'm not crazy. This is real. And, that's, uh, uh, yeah. that's fascinating. Like, um, I, 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 sorry, I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to say, like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, what, so where did it go from there? Like, did you, like, like did you, like, look into more experiences you had? I did. I mean, 
from like from that time that I saw the lecture in 2019, who many years later, I've not 2019, I was 19 years old. So that would have made it 1994. Um, so from 1994 until that uh, regression with Yvonne, I mean, I was having experiences the whole time and I was writing a lot of them down. Um, some of them happened while I was awake. Sometimes it felt like a dream all of these things. And so I had a lot of evidence telling me that, yes, you are an ET contactee. These things keep on happening. But it wasn't until that regression that finally my mind just said, yes, yes, this is what's happening. <laughs> That's what's going on. You know, there's nothing else that really can explain it. Um, and so it was at that point where I really start i mean it, it it was a healing moment for me too because now i could sleep at night i was no longer afraid of being taken it was kind of like a that that flip that had been the switch that had been flipped when I was 19 years old had been turned off like i'm no longer afraid of this i'm going to start to process it and work through it and so from then until about 20 i'm going to say about 2020 as i was compiling all of my experiences and making sense of them and seeing them really as quite a, like a, a healing journey and, uh, you know, a deep dive into self and, and the processing of trauma. I, you know, I actually wrote a book about um, these experiences and how they changed me and how I've come to terms with, with what is happening to me. And it very much was a spirit, spiritual experience. And, um, and now I have gone from being completely traumatized, not being able to sleep through acceptance and now engaging as I can to, to not only, you know, learn more about myself, but to help others that are struggling as well. Were, were most of your experiences, would you say they were negative or would you say it was just you trying to overcome that fear and maybe understanding it more or how, well, how would you like? Yeah. Label? Right. So over, over the last few years doing these talks, I've kind of been able to, to categorize things. I've had uh, like three different categories of, of experiences. The first one have been very loving or I'm being taught things. It's, it's a very educational, spiritual experience. They're beautiful. The second set of experiences have been unsettling and or scary, but not necessarily bad. I'm not being hurt. I may be confused and I may be frightened, but nobody is trying to hurt me. Right. And then I've had at least, at least one that I can remember that was so horrific and terrible that I would not wish that upon anybody. And it did feel like it was full of ill will, but completely separate from all of the other experiences that I've had. Do you think it was different beings? Do you think different beings are, are coming to you then? Um, yes, I do believe that was a different faction or had something to do with um, the government. I'm not necessarily sure either. You know, people talk about the my lab experiments where, where people are taken and it seems like a UFO ex, um, experience or there are UFOs and the uh, military involved. And that's kind of how it felt because I saw military being there in that experience. 
but I don't know if that was like really a human or somebody just trying to look like a human, but instead of being in a, the sterile, safe, you know, safe ship environment and feeling comforted and cared for and calmed down as needed, I was terrified in pain and completely ignored and underground. So, I mean, it's so, it's so different that experience from the rest that I kind of set it up on a shelf over there. Like that was not typical. That was not normal for my experiences. It happened, but it was not what I normally experience. Now, can you remember, do you remember anything of what you were taught on craft? Is it like how to like maybe communicate more telepathically or like, and, and then also maybe this might be a better question is like, why do you think they chose you? And I, like, like, so like, yeah, whatever, however you want to answer those, but like, I, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I have so many questions, like, you know, like, um, I wonder why they pick out, they choose the people that they do choose for, you know, because, okay, here's the way I, I think about it. As far as like the military stuff goes, I can see if, why the military would have interest in you if you were already having contact with ETs, because it seems like the, they do that, right? It seems right. like if someone is connected to like an, an ET group or they're having abduction experiences, then they'll shortly have a MyLab after that because the military wants something to do with that, um, with that abductee mm -hmm. for some reason. You know, I don't know if right. that made any sense. No, it, it does. It, it very well does make sense, especially if you pull in the um, the uh, the storyline of the hybrid um, program that a lot of experiencers go through, <clears throat> excuse me, where, you know, hybrid children are created, which I think most of us, I'm, I don't know about most, a lot of the experiencers I know have memories of either donating sperm or being impregnated while on ship and the baby's being removed and taken and cared for and having some sort of relationship with these children that live in space, you know, the space baby type of theory. And so if the military somehow has wind that somebody has been taken and they're currently carrying a hybrid child, whether they know it or not, why wouldn't they want to try to extract it? Which is kind of what my, my, my lab, experience was was a baby being taken <clears throat> if that oh. makes sense yeah that's 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 deep like so like did you oh wait, well, wait did you know what this okay I, it gets I, it gets so deep and complex that so i want to ask you a personal like a personal question mm -hmm. like were you Absolutely. um did, were you with a partner at the time or were you like um were you were you sure you were impregnated by the graves? Uh, there was there was I had no knowledge of being pregnant. I was not, I did not have symptoms of being pregnant. I was not seeing anybody. I was not sexually active at the time of the my lab experience that I had, which really throws things into a loop. Like, how can you be pregnant if you're not pregnant? You know, um, how yeah. can you be caring if you're not caring? And of course, it gets it gets very complicated to the point that, like, throughout the years, I have felt pregnant, like it had all the symptoms of a pregnancy, like being very sensitive, breast swelling, having to pee every few minutes, you know, and being completely exhausted. I have two children. I know what it feels like. And so you think, okay, maybe I'm pregnant, but you take a test and you're not. But then... You know, within a couple of months, you're having a dream type of experience where you are giving birth and 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 you think, oh, 
oh, it was one of those, you know, those of us who are, you know, used to it, like, oh, it was, I was pregnant, but not like pregnant here. I know it gets extremely complex and convoluted and hard to wrap your mind around. And I certainly don't have all the answers, but um, I did have one experience like that where I would have sworn I was pregnant, but the test said I was negative. And <clears throat> one night I, I had gone to sleep and I had a dream about a baby being born in a very sterile environment and seeing it. It was a little boy and I named him John Wesley for whatever reason. No, not John Wesley, John Bertrand. There was another baby that was named Wesley. No, it was Wesley Bertrand. That's what it was. Sorry. There's so many of these things that I get confused about which one, but Wesley Bertrand was the name of this child. I don't know. And then, and I was married at the time that this happened. And I woke up from the dream and reached over to wake up my husband and say, oh my God, I just had the craziest thing happen. And there was a cold feeling on the bed, like, oh, what was that? And it was a business card, one of my own for an experiencer support group that I had started that somehow made its way into my bed. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck is this doing here? There's no reason for that to be there. But come to find out that my husband had a very similar dream where he was on ship and taken to like one of those rooms with the tanks that you hear about and the babies and showed this is your child. And so how much of a coincidence is that? Having That's the symptoms, so having the dream, the card in the bed that was not there upon going to sleep and my husband at the time having the same type of experience. Yeah. So your husband was an abductee too. Did he, yeah. did he ever talk about it much or like, what was, what was his he, thoughts? He talked about it a little bit, but he, he didn't really <clears throat> feel comfortable going there very often. But um, yeah, a lot yeah, of people he, don't like to, right. Because it's a, right. it's a, sometimes it could be a painful situation and people are Absolutely. most of the time trying to put things piece, put the puzzle pieces together. And a lot of times people feel like not jaded, but like just kind of in a, in a crazy state from these experiences because I, I mean, like, here's the way I look at it. Like, and I don't know how you feel about this. Like, I know a lot of people say that they can transmute fear and that, like, and that um, they can transmute the fear and see that it's a beautiful experience and they're having contact and stuff. But, like, why does it have to be the way it is? Like, why do they have to take people in the middle of the night when they're sleeping? You know, it disrupts mm -hmm. people's sleep patterns. It, it causes all kinds of chaos. They're implanting people with hybrid children, <laughs> taking them out, you know, then the military is involved. It's completely insane. It doesn't seem like anything that would be benevolent. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Exactly. And I, and I, I don't even know if it is, you know, the yeah. only proof that I have that this may be, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's wrong with my throat, but the only, the only way I can see that maybe this is an okay thing is that I continually Oh, I just got goosebumps. I'm continually being shown ways to make my life easier. So, and this could, this could be like a Stockholm syndrome thing. It very well could, you know, no, yeah, yeah. And, we, and we start to identify and, and help these beings. But I, if I follow my gut instinct and the intuition that I have that is coming from outside and I know that it's being influenced by ET, I find myself in better and better and better situations in life, especially when it comes to work. It's, it's phenomenal. And it happens consistently and very easily. 
and boom, 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 boom. I get exactly what I want if I'm listening to that voice in my head. So that is a way I can prove it. The other way I can say maybe this is good and we should pay attention to it is, you know, some of the messages that experiencers come out of these um, encounters, such as nuclear war is really bad. We can't do it. I saw what happens if we go down that route. We can't do it. Right. So if we're being told nuclear war is a bad news and we don't want to we don't want to go there, that's like that's that's smart. Take care of the planet. Right. Clean up your environment. Do what you can for the earth itself. That also is a really good message. Love each other. You know, work in tandem. Don't fight. All of these messages that are coming through from experiencers who have been on ship and have these experiences and these beings are telling them these are the messages you need to, to give to your people. I'm not necessarily sure that's bad. Yeah, that's not that, that makes sense. I just yeah. like think it's weird because it's like it's like because it happens at night and like you know, like mm -hmm. I see the like the trauma like that people go through, mm -hmm. but I guess you can transmute that and it can be a it can be a benevolent thing that does make sense to me. Like, um, so it's uh, so like I'm like kind of 50 50 still on it, like you know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I don't, I don't know where I'm not an experiencer, so I don't know where I stand on it, but like just weighing out everything, it's so complicated, right? It seems so, right. um, it's such a, it's such a very highly, um, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. It's, it's just a very complicated <laughs> situation, right? Right. And, and really, it just depends on the day how I feel about how I feel about things because <clears throat> these, these things are happening, whether we want them to or not, we really, you know, I can, I can clear a house of spirits of people who have died. I, I can handle when there's like interdimensional beings that may be haunting a, a, a place and get rid of them. I can, I can do all of these things, but I cannot stop these kinds of encounters from happening, no matter, you know, what sort of spiritual training I may or may not have. But well, I can't make it better. About that. Like, when did all the paranormal stuff? When did you start getting all the into all the paranormal stuff? Like, I'm wait, but to follow up with that, are you psychic as well? Yes, I, I do. I work as a psychic and I work as a shaman. Um, I do a lot of energetic healings. Um, a lot of the, and and here's where it gets even wilder is um, <clears throat> the things that I do. I was taught by these beings as well, which is um, you know. I think the big one of the biggest lessons I have learned is to see things outside of time and uh, what people call past lives I see is just that's really a misnomer because we are living all lives simultaneously like I can talk to you here now you know April 1st 2023 but I can also I mean I'm also in Philadelphia in 1789 as a as a governess and a freed slave working with this white family's small children. I know this. And I and I actually can communicate with myself there. And I can communicate with myself in, in many, many other different forms because we are all existing all at the same time. We're just in different space-time locations, if that makes sense. What are your thoughts on like para I covered this on my other show? What what are your thoughts on like parallel realities and, and like deja vu and the Mandela effect and stuff like that? Like because the reason why I say that is because I've thought that maybe I've lived this exact life before. And I'm I'm trying to piece that together because that's something that I'm dealing with. Like I've been getting a lot of deja vu's lately and I'm I'm getting people's opinion on what they think about this because um 
it's not just that. It's like I have dreams that like um, I'm myself living in a, a different version of this life. And I feel like dreams mm -hmm. can very much be like parallel realities. Um, or I'll have a dream where I'm, I have a whole family and a, and a, um, and a, um, you know, like a, a, a whole business or I'll have, I'll have a farm or something like that. And like I'm raising livestock. And then I, I wake up sometimes in tears because these dreams seem so real. They aren't contact mm -hmm. experiences, but they do seem like either parallel realities or past lives. Like it seems like right. I made, like, because I think it's from like, meditating and doing the podcast like I, i'm opening myself up more to things so i think like these memories of like past lives or parallel realities are coming coming into my sphere what would what do you think about all that absolutely that that falls right in line with the things that i've been taught you're you're living in a multi like a multi-dimensional state where you can perceive more than just the here and now you're you're experiencing then and there at the same time because there is no time and there is no space it gets it gets really convoluted it really it, you know, it's hard for our little 3d brains to wrap around these moments but when we sleep we are able to raise up in vibration and see that whole picture the whole soul the whole all of it and that includes the beginning of your life to the end of your life and it includes every single life that you are currently having in this multi-dimensional perspective and that's going to be all the past lives all the future lives you can you can access all of it including the beginning of this to the end of this life which would explain also deja vu um for you know when you have the precognitive dreams all of those things because we have access to it if we let go of time and space and that's what, you know, meditation and working with the paranormal and certainly having on experiencers and diving into that is going to help open your mind to the fact that we are not limited as it appears that we are here. Yeah. Now, what, what all paranormal experiences have you had? Because I know you, you, you've, I think you've seen some orbs and stuff like that. And like, have you actually seen like physical uh, like craft too, like sightings, like when you were just out and you, you kind of uh, UFO buzzed you or something like that? Or have you seen orbs? Like what, what, can you talk about oh. that? Oh yeah. I have seen, I have seen ships outside. There was one time in about, <clears throat> I think it was about 2018 where I saw a ship in the sky and it was um the lights on it were orange i could see like four and they were at an angle kind of like this in the sky and i thought oh that's that's weird but it would like this light would blink out and there'd be another light this light would blink out and then there'd be another light so you could tell it was like shifting and turning in the sky um and you know like oh that's fascinating and there's a ship i see it plain as day and then i was watching some YouTube channel, I don't remember what it was called, but he had actually had reports from many different states all on the same day reporting the same ship. And I thought that was really cool. So yes, I have seen, I've seen some of the ships. It doesn't happen all that often for me, not as often as I would think it would. Um, but I've experienced, uh, you know, spirits, I, I've got some mediumship abilities. I'm not going to say I'm like super strong at it, but there are times when I know um, 
who to communicate to, you know, your, your loved one says this, especially right after somebody passes, I'm able to communicate well. Um, I've had things happen like um, added time. I've had missing time. I've had, like, I've been able to have a conversation that felt like it was only like been 20 minutes and it been a long period of time. I've had like three to four hour conversations that turned out to only be last an hour. You know, it, it's, um, everything is really slippery in these um, kinds of situations. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's fascinating. So I'm going to talk about the, the paranormal stuff. Like when did you start getting into like the house clearings and stuff? Like, and I guess that goes along with the, the shamanic work you do. You're, you're a, a shaman as well, right? Well, I call myself that because I don't know what else to call it. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the definitions of being a shaman is being able to walk in multiple worlds at once. And I figure that's, that's the closest as I can figure it out. Cause I can sit here and be speaking to you, but then in my mind be someplace else doing something differently, um, whether it's a healing or, or shifting energies. But, you know, I've always been, always been very fascinated with the, with the paranormal well before I realized I was a contactee. Um, like, I would say I was in my, you know, single digits still, eight, nine, ten, that I was um, interested in that. Um, I started noticing paranormal activity more around um, 13, 14. So like puberty um, really spiked that. I was, I was being able to communicate with spirits. I was having issues with like bilocation. I'd be at home doing my homework minding my own business. And I get a call from a friend saying, Hey, why didn't you wave at me when I saw you earlier? Like, what are you talking about? Well, you're walking down the street and I waved at you and you ignored me. I'm like, well, I wasn't walking down the street, but many people reported me have, having done that. So it was, it was very, very odd to me. So I started to develop, um, like being able to do house cleansings and stuff. It really came as a, a spiritual path as I was, looking into witchcraft and things that could really explain why I was picking up all of this other information. I very empathic. I could feel people's emotions. I was starting to hear people's thoughts, which I thought was really strange. Um, I was on campus probably not too long after that, um, that lecture I went to at 19 and somebody had accidentally kicked a rock that hit me because I was in front of them and I could hear the girl say, Oh shoot, I didn't mean to hit her with that. And I just turned around and said, sorry, you know, it didn't hurt me. Um, and, and so, I mean, it's just been a natural progression for me. The more I learn, the easier it gets and the easier I can manipulate what's going on around me. So house clearings for me probably started around the age of like 25 or so. Um, and honestly, one of the interesting things that really helped um, my mind like kind of explode and, and understand um, how to make connections and things was the development of the internet and chatting and things like that. So I was able to, if I was chatting with somebody online, I may not be able to see their face or anything at that time because we didn't have video chat capabilities, at least not a poor college student back in the you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, but I was able to see the people, I was able to, you know, describe the room and be able to work on things in their house 
whether it was speaking to his spirit or whatever, because I was able to raise my vibration and see it into it. So I really think that the work through the internet actually kind of opened those channels even further for me at the time. That's fascinating. Do you, so do, in a way, do you feel like this is all connected? Do you think maybe they're coming like interdimensionally, the ETs, and that's kind of where this, um, or maybe like in the astral realm, like, uh, like it seems like a lot of your experiences might be happening like in the astral realm. Like, and that makes me think that this is all connected, like the paranormal ETs, like that. It, I mean, like, I believe that they could be coming from other planets too. I do believe that, but I feel like there's a heavy interdimensional, um, uh, theme to this. What, what would you say to that? I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, they may be intergalactic, but in my head, they're just really interdimensional beings, or they can use interdimensional travel, even if they are in our, you know, galactic neighborhood or whatever. That's their travel is much different, and and these play these beings are coming from who even knows. Um, I remember I was doing a, a radio show once, and and the host guy said to me like, "Well, what is the if you're able to communicate with them, what is the propulsion system they use or whatever? And the answer I got immediately was that's irrelevant. You're not getting it. In other words, you know, um, so <clears throat> I think that looking interdimensionally is much more prominent and astral, the astral realm is, I think, where I learn most of my things. So, I mean, I know I'm taking at night, but it feels so dreamlike. And on occasion, I'll have a bruise still. I mean, a lot of that stopped about 10 years ago, but um, I still get some marks every once in a while. And so it makes you wonder, is it physical or is it not physical? But um, like the lessons and the things that I'm taught as far as um, the way the soul works, how to communicate with the dead, all of these things I am taught in a dreamlike type state. Um, so it's it's sleep and dreaming is really important to me. Um, that's One I thing I was going to ask you about that we didn't get into, and we I think we got into this last time, but like you're a third generation contactee, like, which is fascinating because that means like you're, 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 sorry, I'm stuttering. That means you're, you're <laughs> your daughter or son is having contact. I, I don't know if you have a daughter or son. And then that, that could mean that your parents had contact. Is that, is that true? Well, my um, I'm at least third generation because I don't know any further back because I didn't have a chance to ask. But my grandfather had experiences. Um, there's a, a well-known family story that he was courting my grandmother at the time. This would have been in a very small town in Texas in like 1920, 1930. So there's no... Uh, streetlights or anything in the rural area that they were at. And he was, he left her house to walk home. And in the darkness, a, a beam of light came over him, you know, as he was walking down the road, terrified him. And he ran the rest of the way home. The light followed him the whole way, you know, until he was in bed and he covered up his head. Um, and that was like a story that I had known for many years. And then I asked my aunt a little bit, to tell me a little bit more. And she said the most fascinating thing about the story was that he was really sick. He had like bronchitis, tonsillitis, something like upper respiratory infection. And the next morning he was completely cured. So in my head, he probably um, had been, you know, taken on board ship and healed and all of that and returned. My grandmother, his wife had some interesting experiences as well. Like she, um, 
she'd ended up having like a heat stroke or something back in the like 1980s and she had fallen down to the ground and she um, lifted her head up as she was on her hands and knees and she what she saw in front of her was not earth it was a completely alien landscape that she was seeing so and it took her a minute to like shake it off and, and come back into reality and get herself home um my dad has seen ships in the sky he won't talk about anything else that has happened i i suspect but he doesn't speak on it um, my aunt <clears throat> his sister was always very intrigued with the paranormal and ufos and like in the 60s joined a group called i think it was like the amalgamated flying saucer club of america or something like that so this is really interesting and dad said he would tease her incessantly but they were all about talking to ets when they were going to come to earth so um i i said and she also told me about seeing a ship that had landed as she was driving um, between cities and seeing the beings on the ground. So I know that she has had experiences as well. Myself, I have had experiences. I know that my brother told me he has seen a ship and, and my children have had, you know, strange markings and bruises and told me about things they have seen in the sky. So that's, that's generation number four, you know, my do children. Your, do your kids, um, follow it all at all or do they are they interested in it or are they interested in finding out what might be happening to them or might what happened to them not right now not right now i mean they they get irritated when i um <clears throat> they're both grown so i mean they're they're older and out of the house and and doing their own things now and we really don't talk much about it and so it's been kind of a love-hate relationship with them and the ET stuff, sometimes they they'll come and sit down and say, "I okay, so it's this stuff happened again. I can't deny it, uh, you know." And so, I mean, they're aware, but I think oftentimes when 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 we're in our early twenties, it's not necessary. We don't have enough free time to sit and think about those things. It's just a little bit too much of that at that age. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the last questions I have for you is you, so you got regressions done by Yvonne, but then you wanted to learn to do regressions yourself. Like, how's that coming along? Are you, um, are you, are you doing like regressions for people? And would you, would you offer that to like, for people who are um, like struggling, like in a, in a situation? Absolutely. Yeah. So um that is one little thing I forgot to like update in my little bio, but yes, um, as soon as I had graduated with my master's in marriage and family counseling, the first thing I did was get myself training in hypnosis. And so I, I received, oh, 80 hours of training in hypnosis from the Milton Erickson Foundation in Phoenix. Um, so I am trained in clinical hypnosis. Um, I'm a therapist with training in clinical hypnosis, if that makes sense. I, I am not a hypnotherapist. Um, but I have also done extra training on working with abductees with Yvonne. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I currently can help those who are in need, in need of regression. I have done some things over the internet. I, I don't think, I mean, it's effective, but not quite as effective as being in person. I was going to ask you about that, like because I I had some regressions done. I I, I had not, it's not just I had one regression done. I had five, five regressions done, and uh, 
my, I, one of them was with Terry. You know, like yeah. Terry. Uh, I remember like you know, people that don't know Terry Lovelace. He's an abductee. He wrote a book. Um, he wrote two books, and he's he's a friend of mine. And he was he mentioned that he wanted to practice hypnosis. So he was one of the first. He was one of the first people that did a regression on me, and he did it online, and it worked pretty good. Like mm -hmm. I went into a past life, and I felt like I was. I was dying in that life. Like I was in a war scene and then it like, it, it, it made, like I got shot in the chest in that life and it, I felt it in this life. Like I didn't feel mm -hmm. pain, but, like my chest, like tensed up. And then that happened again. I, I did it with Fiona Harris too, but mm -hmm. I'd love to know, like, what's the difference in person? Like, can you get like in a deeper state um, of relaxation, which would be easier to bring up memories or, how does that work? Like, what do you, what do you think about in person that makes it? Cause I'd love to try it in person too. Like, right. I mean, there's going to be factors in both. I think internet definitely helps span time and space because not always can you get to a person to be in person. And if you are feeling, if you are comfortable with the person you're working with and you trust the person you work, you're working with, you are much able, more able to go into a hypnotic state without, um, a lot of reassurances and a lot of help to get there. Um, and if it's a, your first time being hypnotized, it may also be difficult on, on the internet because you just don't, you don't have that close in person, um, reassurance, but I mean, you've still got somebody there and it absolutely is effective and can be done. I also had, um, Terry did a regression on me too. And I actually was taken back to the crib. I was in a cradle or a crib and had ET experiences there. So that was wild that I think. So I think I've had experiences ever since I was little, little bitty. Um, That's fascinating. This, this, yeah. Your whole story is so fascinating. Like, so, oh, okay. So one of my well, last questions is, are you still having experiences? And, and cause he, here's a lot of people are starting to say that, that, that like the abductions aren't happening as much anymore. Like, I, you know, not a lot of people, but like, but then I still get emails from people that they're, they say that they're having negative abductions. So like, I don't know what's going on. Like, um, you know, if you listen to um, some contactees, they'll say that the grays and reptilians left. I don't think, I'm not sure that they left because I'm still getting messages from people that are saying they're having these experiences. So again, I'm at like a 50, 50 on this. What is your, uh, well, I just had a I mean, weird I'm, I'm still I'm still having experiences. I mean, there was something that happened like to me last night that made me wonder if I was having any experience because I was helping somebody give birth. And so <clears throat> and the baby was extremely small and looked a little strange. And so that really made me think, okay, was I on ship helping somebody? And so I very well could have have the grays and the reptilians left. I don't know, it, but also it doesn't matter if they're interdimensional, then they can be in both places at once. Um, I have had experiences with, with what I can only think of are reptilians just within the last couple of years. I don't have a lot of information about it. I just know that they're way different than the things that I usually experience with the gray type of beings. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I have experiences constantly and whether it's happening in the astral or if it's a physical thing, you know, maybe that's a little different, but I also know that, 
and this is something I would like to do more research on, is the, the progression of how these ETs approach humans to be less painful to them and in compromise their, their psyche less, and so they're not as traumatized as time goes by, if that makes any sense. Because I know yeah. that I have, I have woken up in people's homes to take their children on ship, and so it's a lot less painful to wake up to a human saying, hey, let's go and do this stuff, <laughs> than it is some strange creature out of a nightmare saying, hey, let's go do this stuff, you know, and so I think their methods are changing. Um, I think that, um, you know, one of the really important things they have told me is that we, you know, they don't want humans acting out of fear because then the messages get twisted. They don't <clears throat> the the comprehension level is down. They want us to be as calm and collected and as clear thinking as possible so they can communicate with us easily in these states and be able to retain it and tell others. But if we go into a fear state, then we're going to shut down. We're going to forget about it or we're going to see it as a negative experience instead of, you know, maybe we're just a little bit scared and we have to calm down because we're, we're anxious, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have any other questions. If you, if you, well, I, what, what, your books? Can you tell everybody about your book and stuff like that before we? Sure, sure. Yeah. So the first book I wrote was um, called "Dirty Little Secret: Confessions of an Alien Contactee," where I go from being completely traumatized and kind of work spiritually through acceptance and and un, you know better understanding of what i'm going through and how i can use that to my advantage um and it's you know i named it dirty little secret because these are not necessarily things that we want to come out and talk about you know <laughs> it's but and i was afraid i was going to get fired at the time that i did release it but no i've i've been nothing but embraced since releasing the book. I have another book out um, called Creating Your Sacred Inner Space, um, Building the Foundation for Energy Work. And that, you know, that is um, something that is like a, um, like a beginner's lesson to using psychic energy and how to protect yourself and create boundaries and then explore the world around you through that level of pr um, protection, especially if you're an empath or you're a medium. Um, so that is the second book that I have out. And like I, I said earlier, I do have the crash radio station that we are promoting and, and trying to get off the ground and, and uh, very happy to announce we like tripled our listeners in the last month, which made me very happy. That's awesome. If you ever need a guest, I'll come on your show. You know, uh, if, you ever decide, <laughs> if you ever decide to start doing guests and you want me to, I'll, I'll come on, you know, but um, awesome. This has been fascinating. Um, can and I'll put a link for the the books and in, in the uh, in the description. And um, but do you want to, anything else you want to promote? And uh, thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely, yeah. I think I reached out to you in in specific to promote the thirty second encounters that we are trying to gather. So and we're doing them anonymous anonymously. So if anybody wants to submit a little soundbite or blurb about you know, if you've even, even paranormal experiences, if you've seen a UFO, if you've had contact with ET, if you've had any sort of strange paranormal thing happen to you and you can get it into a soundbite in like 30 seconds, we would love to have them because we really want to get the word out to, to the whole world because we do have international listeners that this is what is happening to us. And you can send those soundbites to submissions 
www.houseofx575 at yahoo.com. And I can get you that link as well, Robert, so you can put it up there. Yeah, because I, I'm, I probably won't post this today because I already have a video mm. coming out today. But so uh, probably tomorrow. So that'll give you enough time to like send me all the links and then I'll I'll get awesome. it all put together real, real nice, like where I can list your books yes. and then I can list your links. And then also, can we listen to this radio station? Um, uh, can like anybody listen to it or is it just for the community of Roswell or how does that work? No, this is this is a streaming radio station. So you can listen to it from anywhere that you have a cell phone. Um, so right now we are actually working on apps that can be downloaded and play, but they are not quite finished yet. But you can go to our website, which is www.houseofx575.com. And then you can access the crash through that page. And yeah, it's a 24 seven alternative rock station. And like I said, I, I can sit and vibe to it all day long. I love it. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. That's great. Like um, it sounds awesome. And like, like I said, like if you ever decide to start doing guests, like I can help you get guests too. You know what I mean? Awesome. Like if you, if you guys ever want to go down that route, you mm -hmm. know? All right. Well, thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I'll, uh, yeah, send me the links and I'll post this tomorrow. Great.